It's such a pleasure to meet you virtually. Yes, nice to meet you as well, Tony. Normally, we would do this at the Four Seasons over um, over coffee and uh, applewood bacon. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're speaking my language. I'm from Kansas. Bacon's a food group. <laughs> I was going to ask, where do you hail from? So you're from Kansas? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Kansas wow. City. And, uh, and what brought you to L.A.? Well, uh, I went to New York first, so I was there for a minute, and then I came out here. And <laughs> I my time in New York, uh, I love New York. I'll always consider myself a New Yorker. But uh, in one year, there was a nor'easter, a hurricane, and an earthquake. And I went, you know what? I think I've had enough. I'm good. Yeah, but now you're nostalgic for it because of 2020. Actually, oddly enough, I'm kind of miss my the New York solidarity. Like there's something about it that's I don't want to be in the snow right now. Sorry, friends. But. Well, it's true. The people in New York walk with a purpose. In L.A., yeah. nobody walks. No, no. So there. They really don't. They don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so did you do a lot of stage work? I did, yeah. I um, I do sing as well, and I kind of got my started in theater by way of musical theater. Um, I'm, I'm I'm an ex hoofer myself. Are you? Yes, wonderful. Yeah. My uh, my my Tevia would make you cry. Oh my gosh! And it not was- not for the good reasons. It's <laughs> terrible. Uh, did you did you enjoy musical theater? Was it was it a good experience for you? Yeah, I loved it. You know, I think around, so I originally, um, my cousin's a performer as well, and he was always, I idolized him. And (laughs) he went the way of classical music and then found himself in a musical theater. And I kind of started at musical theater. Anyway, I I kind of found my way in college. Mm. I was the musical theater kid that always got cast in the plays. So when I got out of school, I was still, I've, toured and things like that with musical theater singing but um but i really found that my niche was straight theater film and television so when i got to new york i sort of carved out my path a little bit more in that way so i love it i've always been a musical theater dork (laughs) but you're also a uh an improv artist Mm -hmm. yeah and and where did you study improv uh i i did a little bit of work at the at the pit in new york and wow. um, out here i'm studying at the groundlings and doing uh, yeah, mindy, mindy sterling's uh, group yeah 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 i i was with the groundlings for i can't even do it here this this much in second city yes, and yes. we were in pasadena at the, at the old handlebars mm, yeah but that was uh, that was two lifetimes ago because I, <laughs> yeah. i'm old now and uh can't remember anything no. <laughs> um, so producing and and creating a show has got to be both at the same time one of the biggest headaches and one of the biggest <laughs> blessings there are. Yeah, you know, I found my way into producing. I I sort of felt like it was a grown up thing to do is start to create <laughs> my own thing. <laughs> um, and there were also a lot of things that I loved that I wasn't seeing. Um, and so I thought, why not carve a path for myself and create opportunities for others as well? Um, and it is, it's, I'm a Virgo, so I'm, I mean, I don't know if I, you know, but I, <laughs> if I believe in all the astrology stuff, but um, it's fun to flirt with. And um, I, I am very organized and I like to, you know, kind of, 
put things in their place. And so producing helps with that hat. Um, I have a, an accountant father, so I think that's part of where the, the thing oh, nice. is. Well, you, you but, uh, <laughs> developed a, a, a purposeful ADD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, honestly, um, I think ADD, the inverse of that also becomes hyper hyper focus. Yeah. So I do think I have ADD <laughs> that, that gets pointed in the right direction sometimes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I love the producing aspect. It is a lot of hard work. But I also think, you know, when you come up through working in the theater, that's, you're kind of used to it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a certain loveliness about um, a career that still requires apprenticeship in some form mm -hmm. and, and theater and television is like that because you, yeah. you know, there are people that graduate, you know, NYU and all of that. And, and they still start sweeping stages, you know, because yeah. you have to. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, always, you're always doing that, you know, in, in a beautiful way, I think. Yeah. Because I think, you know, I, I've been on sets, you know, set visits and, and with Russell Crowe and, you know, mm -hmm. my, one of my dearest friends in the world, Robin Williams, you know, we used to, we, I've known, I knew Robin for almost 50 years Wow. and um, they would pick up rooms and, you know, yeah, and, and just, you know, uh, you know, sag be, you know, be damned. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pick up that coffee. Wrap this out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. that's what theater teaches you mm -hmm. is you're a troop. Yeah. So do you run your production for a uh, stupid Cupid, like a theater troupe? Well, I look at it kind of like a, a dinner party that I'm hosting that everybody's invited to, but really, I mean, there have been so many things that have been thrills in my creative life as a performer, but one of my favorite things is getting people who I admire together mm -hmm. and doing our thing together and getting to watch them do their thing. So, you know, it's a very collaborative process um, from the scripts with this show to actual onset execution. I want to make sure everybody feels like there are stories being told, that they feel a part of the decision-making process. Within reason, of course, we have to like keep moving. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's the goal is to make sure that everybody feels taken care of and a part of it. But being a producer, you're also dealing with money and mm -hmm. funding and all of that. And that's got to be an ongoing headache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's always there. <laughs> Thank God for product placement. I just, I mean, yeah, yes. It was funny. I just watched the sound of metal over the weekend mm -hmm. and I was reading the origin of that movie and that's fascinating too. And I think it just speaks to the journey that, I mean, they lost their funding the day they started shooting. They had to fix it the night before. I mean, it's always kind of, we were lucky enough to get a grant for season one for Stupid Cupid and then crowdfunded for the rest of it. So we started in a really great place. And I can't thank the people at uh, NYFA enough, the New York Foundation of the Arts. And that's what also afforded us the opportunity to film in New York City. And of course, you follow you follow SAG after rules, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, a, yep. mm -hmm. it's a wonderful thing. And again, this is such a great concept. You've got four friends getting together and creating mm -hmm. a dating service. Yeah. Which yeah in itself uh, rings kind of true to me. I, I, was this something out of your life that you experienced? Um, so the whole inspiration for the show started because I had been on myself several bad online dates <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was single living in New York. And I just like, I'd tell these stories at cocktail parties and I'd be like, and then it would cause other people to tell me their stories. And so 
and they were all hilarious and heartbreaking and heartfelt. And I just thought, God, there's something here, you know, and there's something universal about the feelings of dating, feeling rejected, feeling being the rejecter, like <laughs> going through all the different and, and how awkward every phase of it is, yeah. especially when you don't know the people and um, there's no context. So that was the original concept. And then I kind of started to do a little research around dating and was finding, you know, behind the scenes, how a lot of our biases play out in dating and how horrible we can kind of be to each other. And I thought, well, like, what if this, I call me Pollyanna or whatever, but what if we like eliminate all of those things that allow you to be to make discriminatory choices because of conditioning or something. Right. And so that, and then I also wanted to see a TV show that looked like my friend group of friends, um, <laughs> <laughs> like all different colors, all different gender identities, sexual orientations and, um, split down the middle, if not more ladies than men. <laughs> Cause well, I'm but a, I, I think in the world of dating, I think it's, it's, you know, there's, it is nothing but horror stories. You know, marriage yeah. marriage yeah. really is just a date that worked out. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's no more to it than that. You know, uh, I, I guess I can hang with this person for the next 30 or 40 years. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. My friend says, does your crazy match my crazy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it looks like you're having a great time uh, doing the show. Now, are you also behind the camera and directing? I am not directing at this point. So um, my boyfriend and uh, co, so I created the show and we wrote together my very talented screenwriter, director, boyfriend, Yaroslav Altunin, who is in the other room right now. Listening to everything we say. <laughs> Listening to everything we say. So I have to be nice. And writing um, it as a script. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> Turning this into a script. Um, so we collaborated on the scripts together and then I produced and he directed. Uh are you going to be touching into 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 this pandemic and dating because we're a lot of people are dating by Zoom now. Yes, and that's such a fascinating thing that feels like we're in turn of the century dating rules now. Um <laughs> I find it so fascinating. Um yes, that's the goal. Um our focus right now is just making sure that we have a solid launch for the show for season 1. Mm -hmm. Um we actually had this completed about a year ago and then the pandemic hit. And so we waited until it felt appropriate to release it. Um, and we also had a wonderful opportunity to work with Dunvision Telecom, who's uh, our distributor. Um, and you can also find it on YouTube on Valentine's Day of 2021. Um, but once that's uh, launched and moving, our focus is moving into season two and kind of talking about what you're mentioning, you know, the season two will probably launch with them getting ready to launch the app with there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in between, but they're getting ready to launch the app again. And then the world comes crashing down and they have to move remote and all this stuff. And so we want to kind of deal with the nuances of this and also the hilarity of it. It's 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 not funny. It's hard. This is a terrible time. But I just mean to say what interesting predicaments we're finding ourselves in while people are trying to date. But it's a very funny and 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 ultimately hopeful show. Yeah, that was our ultimate goal. <laughs> I got to introduce you to some people because I have a woman that I, a friend of mine, Tracy, who who used to run the Mormon dating site out here. In oh Chicago. wow, he's got stories. Oh wow, <laughs> I bet. Oh my gosh. In getting the show 
distributed. I mean, that's got to be a huge problem yeah. as well, because it's not just about the distributor, it's the right distributor for sure, it. Sure, sure. And we got so lucky, you know, we put our teaser and trailer up on uh, Vimeo just to kind of put it up there. And we were planning on launching uh, last year, but um, pandemic paused it. And then the thought was, we'll submit to festivals when the timing's right. And then, and so we've done that and we're Usually what happens is you submit to festivals, you see what happens, you drum up interest, and then you distribute, and then you release. But Nikki uh, at Dunvision Media found us on Vimeo and reached out and said, I want to move forward with your show. So we got very lucky in that way, and they're, they've they been wonderful collaborators. That is great news that that still happens because yeah. there are people that lose hope and they, they have brilliant ideas. But uh, again, they I think it's it's also putting yourself out on Main Street somehow. So yeah. somebody will see your cart, so to speak. Yeah. And, you know, I the thought was just continuing to drum up interest for the show. I didn't even think it would happen. It would just sort of fall in our laps like that. So we were very lucky. You know, the reason I ask these kind of questions is because I have a lot of followers that are students and they're just kind of mm-hmm. putting out their first productions and all that. And these are little insights as to yeah, you know, not giving up. Just keep believing in your in your project. Yeah, it's, I have to tell you, I've been working on, to all of your students and filmmaker <laughs> friends out there, I've been working on this project for probably, like the I- initial idea started about five years before we started filming. And I just, I wasn't a writer at that point. I just had, it, the pieces all started to come together, but really within, and then we applied for that grant, we got the grant, and then that really took things off to the races. So keep plugging away at it. It takes some time. Do you actually write scripts or or do you do the Larry David thing of having an outline and your actors are ad-libbing? <laughs> no, we have, um, we have written scripts and then we do allow the actors room to play because some of the best stuff comes out of that. Um, but no, we do have um, written scripts. And is there is there a particular episode that sticks out in your mind as as what you're really, really proud of? Yeah, I think episode three of our first season is my favorite because it's episode one and two. We're kind of like and we're short form. We're web series. So um, each episode is anywhere from like five to ten minutes ish. Um, but episode three is my favorite because we've laid out the groundwork, you know, what's going to happen. And then now we're on the first date and you get to see the craziness that ensues. And so the game is sort of set up and then we get to watch, uh, Wayne T. Carr, who plays Reed in the show. He has a really great moment with that. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to particularly go to that episode and just watch after we're done with this this conversation, but I'm really surprised at how many established actors there are doing short form mm-hmm. uh, web series. Now, my friend Perry Gilpin, who used to be on mm-hmm. Frasier, is, yes. was in. In fact, she was up for an award, an Emmy for it. Amazing. So it's, it, I think it's really attractive for actors to, to be able to, uh, to lock themselves into a short form and, and not worry about the, uh, the overhead and the, and, and, and the bigness of a, of a half hour to an hour series. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, we have like a 48 minute long show, uh, all of the episode combined. So it is sort of like shooting um, two uh, episodes of a full half hour comedy. Um, but the thing, I think it's so great to experiment with storytelling in a short form 
content, you really have to boil it down to the essentials. Um, that's been a great learning process for me. I think also there's so many opportunities now. Things have changed so much, even within the pandemic, about how movies are made, how they're going to be shown, what people are interested in seeing. I think it's really exciting to be able to sort of take because as an actor, you're you're kind of waiting a lot, mm -hmm. right? You're a part of the process, but um, but I, I'm I'm I like to be in there, and I like to be creating. Um, well, you're also changing how the system is going to work. The model yeah. that we had up until the pandemic is not going to work anymore. No, it won't. You know, this is one of those things that I hate to you know be the bearer of this, but I think movie theaters are really going to be. Uh, not out of business, but there'll be a special kind it's of special night event. because yeah. everything that's available now is available to you immediately. Yeah, exactly. And on your theater size screen at home. Exactly. You're right. I do think that when all of this sort of starts to normalize and get back to some what feels like some kind of a center, I do think people will be craving being in person with one another. And so I think movie theaters and the theater, the live theater, will will have a resurgence, but like you said, it's sort of a niche and specialty thing. Yeah. Um, we don't take it for granted as much anymore. And it's just simpler and easier a lot of times to just watch the latest thing on your television. Well, it's, it's also about training, uh, you know, because we've trained now for eight months, a year, not to go. And yeah. so getting people back onto the wagon is going to be, you know, take a year or two. You're right. You're absolutely right. And also just people being scared about getting sick or something else happening. I know the first time I walked outside with a mask on, it was sort of like, oh, God, don't come near me, anybody. Like, you know, you kind of get used to the environment. But I think, you know, little ways we're, we're having to learn how to be. <laughs> You find it strange that you can actually now walk into a bank with a mask and ask for money. I know it's strange. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, people who come to me and they say, well, gee, I really, I, I want the theaters back. And I said, well, when Blockbuster closed, I wanted to, you know, I miss going I to the video store. Ain't yeah. going to happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the more things change, the more opportunities I think, uh, uh, you know, come. Yeah. There's going to be, I think, a huge production boom when things start to normalize as well, which is super exciting. And I think the inclusivity push that's happening in Hollywood is incredible. And the types of stories yeah. we're going to see, it's going to be, it's going to be so exciting. And I'm so glad that, you know, it, it wasn't this way even five years ago, but I'm no. really glad that we have these opportunities for women mm -hmm. now and Hollywood now, even though they're forced to open it, um, is starting to, to see that there's profits in that. Yeah, I think, you know, women, though I haven't looked at this stat lately, but we're 51% of the population. So forgive me if that's not exactly right, but we're, there's a whole industry there. There's a whole network. There's, yeah. and then also skilled people who are able to work in a lot of these roles that aren't traditionally female. I mean, I think Hollywood still has a long way to go yeah. um, towards equity, but um, I see some positive shifts towards well i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping yeah. that happens you know yeah. the extreme thing is that hollywood wakes up and maybe not have the best actress best actor oscars just a best actor mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing and and you know but then it gets too extreme doesn't it well i think that's not i'm not opposed to best actor best actress category i think um 
there's some things over time I think we'll see with non-binary folks, how that's going to be handled, mm. people who identify, you know, so there's, we're going to have to shift the way we're looking at this in some capacity. Um, but I think, um, I just, I think that there's still so many opportunities for hearing voices that we're not used to hearing. And that includes two people of varying ages. I think, uh, we need to hear from people who are over 40, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 The forgotten people. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's so, I, there was a Gina Davis on at Institute on gender and media sends out a report every year and the, I'm on their email list and there was something about um, not a single movie in last year's movie cycle starred a woman in a leading role over 50 mm. like that got to change got to change got to change mm -hmm. uh, in our last moments together and by the way sarah thank you so much i i, I really enjoy good conversation and i wish we had coffee yes same um, i have my tea here yeah. in my, oh big my God. look at that bowl <laughs> is that a big uh big thing big six? hero six yes yeah it's big hero six size. isn't wow. it cute <laughs> I have uh, this, so I got to hold it right. Oh, you got a Starbucks. Yeah. What's your I, order at Starbucks? My daughter got it for me. Oh, your daughter. What's your, what's your standard though? Like, what do you get when you go? Just a. I just get a cup of Joe with cream in it. I'm not a. <laughs> He's a classic kind of guy. I'm a purist. Yeah, maybe purist. A, maybe a yeah. biscotti once in a while, as you can plainly see. <laughs> um, but uh, what else are you working on? You got to have something else in your back pocket. Yeah, so I have a feature that I'm writing right now. Um, I have some uh, products and development that I'm producing. Um, and as an actor, I am auditioning. You know, it's a little different right now. Um, things are happening. I have filmed something in the pandemic, um, oh, wow. which is a comedy video uh, with Andy Dick that was hilarious. It's a tiger Tiger King parody. I don't know when that's coming out. I have to look it up. But um, yeah, so um, nothing specific to report at this exact moment. But um, but yeah, there's lots of things down the pipeline. I can't wait to. I, I'm like focused on Stupid Cupid, and then I'm like rolling up the sleeves and on to the next thing. So I am uh, so happy that we got to uh, chat. I love the series. I, I the the episodes that I've seen so far and. I really am praying that it gets picked up into a larger audience, but I think that'll come uh, as, yeah. as people demand it. And uh, um, your, your, your actors are just phenomenal. They're just so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. I love actors and I'm, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Um, this is our little baby. Well, it's true. <laughs> Not the world. Yeah. But you can birth more. You can do more. Yes. And I can't wait. But thank you so much for having me. It's been so nice talking to you. You're a wonderful interviewer. And, you. Um, and thank you for being interested in talking about the show. And if you ever need a bartender uh, in a scene. You know it. That's my thing. I just yes. <laughs> I look like a bartender. You do. You do. You do. I, I that's the thing, the bartender. You want to tell them all of your secrets. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, you're doing. You're not doing bad from a little kid from Kansas. So I'll you know, you. we're trying. 